Frosted Leaf is Denver's most innovative dispensary. What I like about Frosted Leaf would probably be their knowledgeable bud tenders, their online kiosk, their online ordering, and then just pick up at the store. And then they're always getting new genetics as well, so that's always cool. Like Edgar mentioned, Frosted Leaf gives you no lines, no weight, and a self-paced direct shopping experience that allows a fast yet comfortable transaction without the awkwardness of a waiting room. Not only does Frosted Leaf have the hottest strains, but they also offer a rewards program that will help towards your purchases. I would recommend Frosted Leaf to a friend and I would tell them to look forward to different strains and to knowledgeable help. Check out Frosted Leaf's three Denver locations and download their app today. Three-time undefeated, Woo! undisputed champions of the world that is the BSN Denver Podcast Network. We did it again. We're unstoppable. We can't be beat. Let's go, baby. Three for three. Ryan, no one can take us down. Not even close. You guys. You guys are the champs. We couldn't have done it without you. Uh, you guys are unbelievable. We appreciate you more than anything in the world. And we've done it again. We can never be beat. I can't believe they just keep letting us win. But but our, our fans are just the best. We just have the better fans. We are the champions. Wow, you even got a little <laughs> singing from Zach because of it. Thank you guys so much once again. We've done it once again. We're unstoppable. Let's go jump into the podcast. Broncos country is sitting in the south stands, drinking the curds from Mile High. The best part of the weekend, hugging a perfect stranger as they become a friend, having a good time when the orange and blue WIN. Let the games begin. The legal tampering period has begun uh, as NFL free agency gets set to truly begin here in a couple days. But right now is when all the news starts to come down uh, and we're bringing it all to you in, in real time here on the BSN Broncos podcast presented by Lixenall, Ryan Konigsberg and Zach Stevens. Anything that happens right now. Uh, before the time that we end this podcast, we'll give you our real-time reaction, and, and we're assuming um, lots of stuff is going to happen during this time. So uh, let's jump right into it from a Broncos perspective, and I guess first I'll say, Zach, how was your weekend? Ryan, it was fantastic. How was your weekend, birthday boy? It was great. I had a great time. Um, got to hang out with you on my birthday, which was nice. Uh, and was you know, blast. Uh, just relaxed yesterday, had some fun Saturday night. It was it was all good. Now I'm ready for uh, ready for the week ahead as it, as it projects to be a big one for the Broncos. And here's the thing, Ryan. Yes, it doesn't officially start until Wednesday at 2 p.m. But if you want a big time player, you get one right now. You agree to those terms, really now. I mean, the the Broncos will be wasting no time if they want a big time guy. So uh, let's hit the ground rolling. All right, where are we starting? 
Well, a trade happened before the weekend, Ryan, that the Broncos officially traded Case Keenum to the Washington Redskins, and this was a huge win for the Broncos, not because they, they got a sixth-round pick while, get, while giving up Case Keenum and a seventh-round pick. They cleared so much room in cap space. It was a huge win. The Broncos only owe Case Keenum $4 million this year. And they were on the hook for really at least seven if they kept him without restructuring, he, they were going to be on the hook for about 18. But we knew they were never going to do that. This was, as I put it, I said, I'm surprised that the Redskins even had to give the Broncos anything back on this. I thought the <laughs> trade should just be, we'll take Case Keenum off your hands. You guys just don't have Case Keenum anymore. <laughs> yeah. But the Broncos actually you know, finagled their way into taking a seventh-round pick and turning it into a sixth-round pick in the deal. Um, on the grand scheme of things, that's it's not great that you paid a guy in the end, you know, $22 million to all you really got out of him was six wins and a, a sixth round pick or a, an upgrade, a one pick upgrade. But not keeping that in mind and keeping in mind what we knew, which is that Case Keenum isn't very good. This ended up being a huge win for the Broncos. It really did, and, and Ryan, it is two-sided. It, it's a great job by John Elway to trade him. I didn't think they were, they were going to be able to trade him. I thought they were going to have to cut him, take a huge cap of $10 million in order to move on from him. So great on that, but it shows just how bad the deal was one year ago from today. If, you have to, if you're just trying to give away your starting cornerback that you signed for $18 million per year less than one year ago. It shows you how bad of a deal it was, but obviously it's best that you cut ties as soon as you know, and the Broncos, of course, obviously knew that he wasn't the answer. And this kind of is a perfect segue to what's going to happen today. Ryan, like I said, the big names are going to be gone today and tomorrow and the beginning of Wednesday. But... People are going to be significantly overpaid. From bad players are going to get overpaid to the great players are going to get overpaid. I mean, just 10 minutes in, into the legal tampering window, Trent Brown gets four years, $66 million from the Raiders, $16 million per year. He's now the highest paid um, offensive lineman in NFL history, just kind of like we said about him. He's talented. He can live up to that potentially. He could also be a pretty big flop for them. So you really have to, to, to balance trying to make splashes with also not overpaying guys and not going too much on potential. Yeah, I mean, we need a little sound effect that just goes ding when something we said turns out to be correct because uh, we, got, we told you guys it was going to be over $15 million a year if you wanted to get Trent Brown. Now, yep. they're only on the hook for $36 million guaranteed, which is actually kind of a win for the Raiders, I would say. But with that in mind, they're paying a guy big, big money who has only ever had success with Tom Brady as his quarterback. And, and something that we talked about before, we said, hey, you can go all in on Trent Brown, and that would be an exciting move for the Broncos to make on their offensive line. But you have to keep in mind that he didn't even play great last season. And he did when he did play great down the stretch, it was it's when Tom Brady was at his best. So it's something that you have to you have to take with a with a bit of pause. I know everyone right now is saying, "Oh my god, the Raiders are the, you know, going to be the greatest team of all time because they're making all these great moves and and 
I tip my cap to them on getting Antonio Brown. Uh, they also paid a lot of money for that, but I've been pumping. I've been pumping that all along. Trent Brown, we'll see. We'll see, and, and we'll see, and, and it sounds like they have more moves up their sleeve. So I'm not saying the Raiders aren't going to be scary, but this one, at least to me, has the highest potential of turning out to make them looking to make them look bad. Yes, you're 100% right on that. Some Browns going to uh, the Raiders. Boy, they're, they're going to be interesting, to say the least. And interesting could be in a bad way for the Broncos, or it could be in a great way for the Broncos. We'll have to see on that. So, Ryan, as the tampering window opens... Where do the Broncos sit? Of course, straight at Case Keenum opened up some money, a lot of money. Uh, they picked up the second-round tender on Shelby Harris, which will pay him just over $3 million. To me, it's a no-brainer, of course. He's a fantastic value at $3 million. Now you see if you can get a long-term deal worked out with him, if that's in the cards. But regardless, $3 million bucks for him is a good deal for this year. Um, and the Broncos officially picked up the contract option on Emmanuel Sanders, which, like we've said, doesn't really mean much. It guarantees $1.5 million of his salary, of his $10 million salary, and he still has a cap hit of nearly $13 million. This really just gives the Broncos more leverage. We know that Emmanuel Sanders it does not want to take a pay cut, but let's say the Broncos were to move on from him now. He could go out and get a lot of money on the open market. If the Broncos let him go or say, hey, Emmanuel, you know, we're not really sure. If they do this in July, he's not going to be able to get as much money. So it, it likely means that he's going to be on the team and that the team is interested. But it also gives the Broncos just a lot more power. It sounds so dirty. It really does. <laughs> to, to just hang on to a guy and be like, okay, restructure now or we'll cut you when no one has any cap space. <laughs> yeah. But it's something that happens in the NFL. Uh, we'll see what happens with Emmanuel. The Broncos are, are in a kind of a tough position in the sense that they're counting on Emmanuel Sanders to be healthy. Um, if not, they're going to have serious questions in that wide receiver room, even if they go out and draft someone or even if they go out and get someone in free agency that isn't you know star caliber. So it's something to keep an eye on uh, in terms of his health and how much that affects the Broncos. They, if their plan is to go forward with Emmanuel Sanders, that's a little bit scary just because you'll never know how that guy is going to come back off um, off that injury. In terms of what the Broncos are going to do in free agency, there are two names that I have heard the most buzz around. The first is Adrian Amos, the safety from the Bears. And I know we've kind of talked about how the Broncos don't necessarily have a need at safety, but I always say free agency is not about what you need or want. It's about what you can get. And I think the Broncos believe they can get him. He wants to continue playing with Vic Fangio. They're going to have to pay a significant significant dollar amount, uh, but I think they will be they would be happy to bring in Adrian Amos and upgrade that position. The other name that I've heard a lot of buzz around is Juwan James, who, of course, the Broncos targeted last year from Miami. Um, and, I mean, after we just saw what Trent Brown got, tackles are going to get really, really overpaid on this market. So we'll see what the Broncos are willing to pay for a guy like Juwan James if they want them. But in terms of, you know, bigger names, those are the two guys I'm hearing buzz around. Those are the two guys I'm hearing buzz around as well, Ryan. So makes a lot of sense. And the Broncos right now, after all the moves of the weekend, are sitting at about $30 million that they can work with during this this free agency period. So what what can that get you? It can get you a Juwan James and Adrian Amos 
And then that's about it because then you've got to lock up all the backups uh, and maybe you get a guard as well. Maybe. But that's those would be your big signings. You can go out and make that happen, but then that would be it. So it's not necessarily the Trent Brown, Landon Collins, C.J. Mosley that a lot of you guys wanted. But just being realistic, that's what it is. So what would you get in those two guys? Adrian Amos, trending up. Uh, works with Vic Fangio. And you know what? If Vic Fangio signs off on that, not only do you feel comfortable about the player you're getting, you feel comfortable about the player who he could be. Because I don't think Vic is going to pay premium dollar for a guy who has hit his peak. So so you feel very comfortable at his trajectory. And with Juwan James, it, it, looking at it on the on the bright side, you get a guy who is full of talent. I mean, 6'6", 315 pounds, um, athletic to, to an extent. And he's obviously going to be your right tackle for, for the foreseeable future um, because that's he's a true right tackle. Played his entire college career at right tackle. Uh, every game in the NFL has been at right tackle except when they slid him over to left tackle for a few games when uh, when the Dolphins' left tackle got hurt, and he did not play very well there. So they moved him back to right tackle the last few years, and that's where he's been the best. You get a young guy, and you hope that Mike Munchak can take him from being an average right tackle to top 10, top 5. Well, you're going to be paying him that way, so you better hope that he gets into that conversation. And it brings up an interesting conversation, which is, is the left is the left tackle really the most valuable place on the line? Because obviously you would be paying him what would be considered left tackle money. But the way the NFL is trending almost tells me, yes, you need a guy to, for, to protect your blind side. And you are always going to value that ex- in an extremely um, valuable position. But... It's not Garrett Bowles who is facing Joey Bosa and, um, you know, back in the day, Khalil Mack and in the, in the up, upper tier pass rushers in this league. It's usually the right tackle. And it's why when people say, oh, well, you know, Von Miller, you know, ha- has so much respect for Trent Brown. Well, Von Miller's not really going to face Trent Brown because Trent Brown's going to be playing on the left. It's almost better for, for Von Miller. Now he's getting Colton Miller over on his side. So, it's just something to keep it's it's an interesting thing. Is it really worth is the is the left tackle really worth that much more than the right tackle based on what we're seeing in today's NFL? So my question to you because that's a good point is would Trent Brown be worth or not Trent Brown, sorry, Juwan James be worth 11 plus million dollars per year wh- whichever side he's on, but knowing he's probably going to be on the right side? Repeat that. Would you pay Juwan James $11 million per year and make him the highest paid right tackle in the game? If I believe that is a step towards having a good to great offensive line, then yes. Here's, here's the other thing. This means, in, in mo- well, not in all scenarios. In most scenarios, it, ma- it makes you feel like the Broncos are sticking with Garrett Bowles at left tackle, right? Yep. You're still going to have to slide to your right side. So that makes even more value on your right tackle because now he's the one who's really going to be um, be left on an island. Or sorry, you're really sliding to your left side to protect your left tackle, which puts your right tackle out on an island. So again, yeah, I kind of think that 
it's a move that you have to make. You kind of have to make a splash at right tackle if you're going to stick with Garrett Bowles at left tackle. But, hey, let's keep this in mind. What if they pay big for right tackle and then say, all right, now we're a great left tackle in the draft away from having a pretty solid line? Mm. And then you don't need to go get a guard in free agency or the draft because Garrett Bowles is your guard. Well, I've oh. I've long talked about that. Okay. But I get a lot of pushback um, from a lot of different people so, whenever I bring that up. So what do you suggest what would you suggest that they move on from him? Depth. Hmm. You always need depth. Hmm. I mean, it, let's if Mike Munchak comes in and says you can't win with this guy, then what are you gonna do? Tell him figure it out? If you were, yeah, I think so. If you were a left tackler or right tackle away from being good, then yeah. But are you going to to stash this guy as your backup and just give so much value and attention to, to one or two positions just on the offensive line and spend all your resources there? Potentially, if you think that's, a, you know, if you think that's an important piece to winning with Joe Flacco, which I think we all agree it is, then maybe you do in... in if you have that much faith in Joe Flacco, well, then you got to press the necessary buttons to make sure you can succeed with him. Now, we've talked a lot about improving on the defense. I mean, almost all of our talk about free agency has been improving on the defense uh, and, and the draft, honestly. But the offensive line has been consistently the most maligned group for the Broncos for the last, last, last I don't know, five years plus. Um, so maybe that's your move is you're saying, you know what? The Garrett Bowles experiment has failed and we're going to have to get a right tackle, pay him big money. We don't even feel comfortable putting Garrett Bowles over there. And then we're going to have to get a left tackle in the draft, start him there. Maybe you move Garrett Bowles to guard or you give him a chance at guard just to see what happens. But in the end you're paying, you know, three to 5 million. I'm not exactly sure what his contract looks like. Um, to have a very good uh, backup lineman. Yeah, that's. I don't think that's something that they'll go to this year with Vic Fangio saying how many needs they have. And like we talked about, $30 million doesn't go very far in today's NFL, Ryan. And boy, with Matt Paradis, Billy Turner, Jared Valdir hitting the open market, the Broncos can't wait until the draft to fix the offensive line. That's why it really does feel like, whether it's a Juwan James, it feels like they need to get that right tackle solidified and then other things can fall into place. Absolutely. If it was me, I'd be getting a left tackle and, and moving Garrett Bowles to the right side. But either they're not willing to move forward with Garrett Bowles or they're very willing to move forward with Garrett Bowles. We'll see what the next move is. And that would really tell us a lot about where they stand on Garrett Bowles. Let's quickly touch on the Raiders. Of course they get Trent Brown. Of course they get Antonio Brown. They've got more to work with. Have they gone from, from the laughing stock to an impressive team in just a couple days here? We'll have to see. We'll have to see because certainly they're an entertainment team right now and they're in the spotlight and they're going to be in the spotlight. Does this help their team? Yeah, it does help their team. Does it help their team to the price of $35 million per year of the combination of Antonio Brown and Trent Brown? 
that is a massive, massive gamble right there. Antonio Brown could come in and be an 1,800-yard receiver and be just the best playmaker in the league and absolutely be worth it for the for the Raiders. He could come in and be the biggest headache and nightmare for Derek Carr and John Gruden. And then Trent Brown, like we said, he can be uh, he could be a top five left tackle for the du- duration of his contract. He could come in and struggle more games than not. And then the Raiders, who knows what they have at left tackle moving forward. Yeah, and that is the scary thing about free agency, especially in the offensive line. Um, they just, I mean, they paid essentially half of what most teams have or more uh, in their salary cap, you know, uh, in their open cap. They paid half or more than what they have to get a guy who has played really well for about seven games. It's like a, it's like a Jimmy Garoppolo-esque signing <laughs> here, which is the same team, which is funny. Um, but really, he, he had played less. And then, of course, went over to the Niners and, and played five more good games, and then they signed him up. But it's it's a risk. And then you start to think about, okay, what is what is this offense going to look like for them? Is it going to still be Derek Carr, or is it going to be Kyler Murray? Mm. And all of a sudden, Trent Brown's a guy who needed to be led – Antonio Brown's always been a guy who needed to be led. I don't know if he likes to be led, but he needs to be led. And then you're going to throw in Kyler Murray into that situation on a team that doesn't really ha- – who, who probably the best leader is Derek Carr. So is that a dangerous thing to do? It's kind of you're putting in three kind of live wires into the same offense. It's exciting, right? It's it, definitely it, exciting. It's intriguing. It's dynamic, man. Could you imagine? Uh, I mean, if you're the Broncos, Ryan, would you? Uh, are you now more afraid of the Raiders? Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they're Kyler Murray and some good chemistry away from being a playoff contender next year. Now, if Kyler Murray comes in and him and Antonio Brown can never get on the same page, then it's going to be really detrimental for both sides if they stick with Derek Carr and they think that just adding Antonio Brown and Trent Brown to the Derek Carr offense is the move that's good enough then I'm not scared I'll never be scared of Derek Carr now I know he's actually had some really great games against the Broncos including last year when their idiotic game plan allowed him to complete like 24 of 25 passes but he's never going to scare me especially after the injury you could put Trent Brown over there. You could put Nate Solder. You could put you know whoever else you want in there. And I don't think that Derek Carr is going to be comfortable in the pocket. He hasn't been since he got hurt, and, and the players and defend and defenders know that. So all you got to do is make him uncomfortable. And they they tried so so he's not going to be uncomfortable by by putting Trent Brown over there. And man, this just. I look around the AFC West, Tyreek Hill, Antonio Brown, so many playmakers, and that's a position that the Broncos are going to be looking at trying to improve, whether it's in the draft or free agency, is cornerback, because you obviously have Chris, but you got to have a second option, you got to have a third option, but really the Broncos need to make sure that they can find a legit second option. (sighs) 
you feel better about it in the draft, likely, especially if you can trade down than you do with this free agency class. But Bryce Callahan's been a name that's been thrown out, especially with the connection uh, with Vic Fangio. But it, it, if you go out and you get an offensive lineman, you're not going to be able to get Adrian Amos and Bryce Callahan. So you got to pick and choose. What what would you want, Ryan? Would you want a safety in free agency, or would you want a cornerback? I would want a corner um, because I think you have guys at safety. You have no one at corner right now. You have Chris Harris and Isaac Adam, and Isaac Adam is a largely unknown piece. At safety, you at least have two guys who you've seen them on the field not be overtly bad. You know, mm-hmm. like you could say like, okay, we can, we can play with these guys. We can put them out there on Sunday and not think, ooh, this guy's going to hurt us. Where at corner, you don't know that. And so I would rather have a corner. But again, maybe Bryce Callahan and, and Vic Fangio didn't have a great relationship. Maybe Bryce Callahan didn't love the way Vic Fangio used him. I'm not saying I have any information on that. I'm just saying, you know, just because they played together doesn't mean Bryce Callahan loved him. And I know Bryce Callahan played really well under him, and so he should be happy with that. But players are players. And Bryce Callahan might have said, well, I should have been more outside, outside more because then I'd make more money, you know? Chris Harris says it all the time. He, he wants to play more outside. So mm-hmm. maybe he says, I don't like Fangio. I, I want to go somewhere where they're going to make me their number one corner on the outside. I think I'm that good. And and that's not going to happen in Denver. So it's all about who you can get, not who you want. Chris would love the move. He would love the move because it would mean he would be an outside guy. And just like you said with Bryce Callahan, money is on the outside, especially when Chris is entering the final year of his deal. And speaking of Chris, the Broncos officially picked up his $1 million contract option, which just like Emmanuel guarantees $1 million of his salary this year, has another almost $8 million on his salary for the rest of the year and carries an $8.7 million cap hit. The Broncos probably want to not spend all of that $30 million because they probably definitely want to get him re-upped, and that's going to cost some money. I mean, come on. Adrian Amos is is potentially going to sign for double figures or 8 or $9 million. Chris Harris Jr., let's get him paid where, where he should be. Don't let him test the market next year. I don't think the Broncos will. But you also have to factor into that $30 million. And here's the thing about Chris. He's always relied on – he's a very athletic player. But there's a reason he went undrafted. Because he's not the fastest guy. He's not the strongest guy. He's not the tallest guy. He doesn't jump the highest. He's always relied on instincts and technique and knowledge. And if you're going to sign a guy up into his mid-30s, those are characteristics that you really, really like. If a guy is just a straight-out athlete and that's how he does everything, you're always going to be a bit worried that that's going to, that's going to deteriorate. And there's always a scenario that Chris Harris's I don't want to say limited athleticism, but his athleticism, which isn't his greatest quality ever, deteriorates a little bit and it, and it could hurt him. But for if you're going to pay a guy in the later stages of his career, technique, instinct, and knowledge – are three things that make you excited about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right on that. And, Ryan, speaking of the cornerback position, I know you wanted to talk about a, Bron- a former Broncos cornerback. Real quick before we do that, one name that's kind of floating around here and in, in the early period that I haven't seen before, and it's a strategy we've never talked about on this podcast, mm. is Mitch Morse, the center for the Kansas City Chiefs, who is prepared to be out on the open market. 
we hadn't talked about the idea of letting Paradis walk and then re-signing another cheaper option at center. It actually makes sense. But how much is it going to cost? Yeah, and it, are you saving $2 million per year? Uh, I don't know if that would be worth it. The guys love Matt Paradis. Everyone knows what he can be and what he is. If you're saving a significant amount, though, yeah, that makes sense because then with that savings, if Matt's really going to go out and get $11, $12 million on the open market, if you're able to save 5 or $6 million, well, that's a starting guard right there. That's um, you know a third corner. That's significant amount of money towards the safety. So it's it's an interesting idea. But again, to me, trust trust in whatever Mike Munchak wants. I agree with that completely. Okay. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> News comes out officially this weekend that Brendan Langley is moving to wide receiver. And it's not that necessarily that I take such an issue with it's the quote in the story from Mike Kliss from Brendan Langley that makes me want to pound my head up against the wall (laughs) keep in mind Zach this is a guy who's drafted as a cornerback in the third round of the NFL draft this man said quote I'm just not that comfortable moving backwards Mm, and cornerback sorry I think it was not not it was, I'm just not comfortable moving backwards. And as a cornerback, don't you move backwards every single play? Yeah, it's only your number one job is to be able to move backwards efficiently. <laughs> to be honest, I'm just not comfortable moving backwards. That was the exact quote. Ryan, Ryan, it sounds really bad for Brendan himself. That is awful for the Broncos. That is so bad. And I'm not... I'm not mad at Brendan Langley for this. He's just being honest. How in the world do you invest a third-round pick in a guy who's not even comfortable doing it? You know what, Zach? I'm just not comfortable talking into a microphone. (laughs) And we found this out how many years later? I'm just not comfortable putting pen to paper. (laughs) I'm just not comfortable in front of a camera. Yeah, it's going to be an issue. But you want to stay in the same industry. But, yeah, exactly. And you're going to pay me top dollar. Well, not top dollar. You're going to invest in valuable capital into me to do things that I'm not comfortable doing. You know what was the biggest red flag and, and when I feel bad for Brendan is Vic Fangio didn't know about this. He, he was asked about it at the Combine, didn't know about it. And so it's like, okay, I guess Brendan's just doing this on his own. No, Brendan Langley and John Elway talked about this at their their exit press conference in January. And Brendan brought it up and John said, yep, I was going to ask you the same thing. Let's do that. Let's go forward with that. If the new head coach doesn't know about it, it's not, it's not good news. Here's the thing is Vic Fangio paused before answering that question. Mm. I wonder if he just didn't really feel like talking about that mm. or if they had agreed they weren't going to talk about it so John didn't get inundated with questions about it from us because you know if Vic had said it in the morning – we would have asked John Elway, you know, how did you invest a third-round pick in a guy who's not comfortable moving back? Well, we wouldn't have known that yet, but in a guy who now is just two two years, two full years later, now he's been cut, he's been practice squatted, he's been up, now he's switching to receiver. That's what happens to seventh-round picks, to undrafted guys, not third-round picks, man. Man, I, I hope for Brendan's sake 
that Vic did know about it, or else that tells you all you need to know. But Ryan, you you had some interesting information about how good Brendan's been as so again, a receiver. Again, I, like I said, I'm not hating on Brendan Langley for this. Um, he's trying to salvage anything he can out of his NFL career, and he's not the one who selected himself in the third round. So I'm not mad at him. In fact, I, like I said, I'm glad that he's being honest here and, and saying I don't. it's not going to work for me at corner because Lord knows the rest of us could see that. But I heard from a source who was out there every day at practice – a player on the Broncos who said, quote, he was giving dudes problems on scout team a lot. Something mm. along those lines. That is interesting. Now, I wasn't expecting the responses I got, but I should have been. <laughs> is that more of a compliment to Brendan Langley or more mm. of an indictment on the Broncos defense last season? Yeah, potentially. I mean, who was, who was their second corner later in the season? No one. <laughs> exactly. Their third corner. Well, I no guess one. it was Bradley Roby. Yeah, and but I guess he he got hurt and didn't play every single game. Um, but yeah, I get and I guess that's why the Broncos are letting Bradley Roby walk potentially. So uh, we'll see. This is a guy that you can't count on, and the Broncos are I I cannot imagine are counting on Brendan Langley to turn into anything a wide receiver. But let's say. The transition goes great, and they say, holy cow, he's meant to play receiver. Practice squad him for the year and, and see if he, can, if he can develop from there. That's about the ceiling, maybe the fifth wide receiver, but that's a ceiling for him. I think the, this move was made with the idea that if he can prove to be a passable fifth wide receiver, you want his prowess on special teams. Mm -hmm. and, and so I think that is the exact... Uh, the exact thought process here is John saying, where can we put this guy that he can have value to us just so we can stick him on special teams? He's a great gunner. He is a guy who has shown the potential to be a returner. Um, I wouldn't say he's a great returner at this point by any means, but he returned both kicks and punts in college. More punts, I believe it was, or kicks. I can't remember. Uh, more one than the other. But if he can prove himself to be a valuable returner and a special teams gunner well then it could be worth it to have him play uh wide receiver and maybe he, there's a couple maybe he's just you know a guy who runs a nine route and you throw it up for him once or twice a game if that's the value that he can provide you then that's enough if he can be a, an ace special teamer you've spent the third round pick already it, it was a bad pick see if you can get anything out of him and hey you can have 90 guys on this squad uh, during the spring and summer. Might it might as well try it. All right, Zach. Well, the market has been set for the safety position, and we talked about Adrian Amos a little bit earlier. He's a he's younger than this guy, and and arguably had a better season last year than this guy, or or similar seasons. Tyron Matthew getting nine and a half million from the Texans on a long term deal, nine and a half million a season. Is that official or was that just the offer? That's an offer. Yeah, so he could get even more. Right. And so that means you better get yourself into that that 10 million range if you want Adrian Amos. Or unless he wants to take a um a pay cut don't say to play it. with don't say play it. with Vic Fangio. Don't but. say it. And and the reason you can't say that is he's a fifth round pick. He he doesn't have the money to take a pay cut. Fair enough. I'm just saying unless that's their thought process. Otherwise, 
You're getting into the $10 million range. Do you do that? What are your other he options? Had, he had it. Well, you go with Will Parks and Justin Simmons, and and that's clearly not a need, uh, a, the biggest need on the Broncos right now. Could they upgrade? Absolutely, they could upgrade. But when you have so many other needs, it to me it doesn't make sense to spend that type of money. To the Broncos, I think they really want a player at safety, so I can absolutely see them doing that. I can see them doing it too. But remember, you've got that. And then maybe one more move. Like, yep. if you're going to have to pay him $10 million, are you also going to be able to pay Juwan James $11 million? That's, I mean, if that's it, that's it. Boom. Then you're done. And so the question is, let's say you do do, do you do one move on each side of the ball, one big move. You're probably going tackle, right, on the offensive side of the ball. On the defensive side of the ball, I'm not going safety. I'm not either. I'm not either. Unless you're, you know, converting Justin Simmons to a corner or something. If we're, if position switches are something we're into now, but but I I wouldn't recommend it. And again, who's the corner you can get? If there's if you're telling me you can get Bryce Callahan or Adrian Amos, I'm taking Callahan. Right. But if you're telling me you can get Adrian Amos or no one or a third tier corner free agent, well then I'm saying go get Amos and figure out corner later. Man, I'm just, th- this is, I mean, I knew how important it is to draft well. This just proves it so much. If you pay one of your own big-time money, it's still so much cheaper than paying a guy in free agency. If you pay Chris top dollar, it's so much cheaper than, than going out and getting someone of his caliber out on the open market. And this is when it really, really catches up to you. What, two, three, I guess four or five years down the road of poor drafting is now when you can't rely on many of the players you've drafted and you have to go out and overspend significantly. That's why it's it's great to get a stud and it's great to get the big names, but you've really got to make sure that that guy is a stud if you're going to pay him because the worst thing is paying a guy big money and then having him be a complete bust. All right, plenty more to talk about here on the BSN Broncos podcast. Um, there is going to be more news as we take this thing through, but let, we got a lot of questions, so let's get to those on the other side of this break. Hyperelectric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. Thanks again to everyone who subscribed uh, on the on the Broncos promo code 
We are the winners. We've done it again. We appreciate you guys so much. Uh, and I'm sure we'll have another one of these coming up. So if you're still on the fence, we will get you eventually. We're going to need you um, uh, on the next time we do this so we can keep being the champions. Um, first of all, we've got to give a shout-out to Mile High Down Under, Ooh. who was the MVP of this contest. He came in late. He got us the win, and uh, we appreciate him very much. We held off the abs there at the end. And um, on the Stanley Cup, they always put – GWG next to the the one who was the winner, which stands for game winning goal. Mm. Well, you've got the GWS game winning subscriber. <laughs> so uh, we appreciate you, uh, and really all of you are the MVP for coming in on this contest. Uh, but he, you know, it's become a point of interest on the podcast who had the game winning goal, and it was Mile High Down Under. Huge, huge man, Mile High Down Under coming through, and we won now. I hope you guys win this next year when you get your shirts, when you get those subscriptions. Absolutely. Um, expect some sort of communication coming from BSN on how, you, how you're able to access your free shirt and um, check out the, the locker because you might want two. You never know. Mm. All right. Let's get to the questions. We have a lot. So we'll try to work efficient, efficiently here. Uh, and, and always have an eye on what's going, what's going down um, in free agency. First one here comes in from Elway's My Dog. Says, hello, guys. New subscriber here. I tried to wait to the last minute to be MVP. <laughs> you, were just barely, you were just barely ousted. Um, as a Broncos fan from Kansas with a family full of Chiefs fans, I'm glad to have found an amazing Broncos podcast where I can hear all kinds of ideas. To clarify the name, I have a dog named after the legend, uh, Elway. <laughs> now to the question. How does the idea sound of the Broncos taking Devin White 10th overall grabbing the best available offensive lineman at the top of the second, going after a QB to learn from Flacco, and going after Andy Isabella in the fourth. Oh, so you're saying QB in the third, yep. Andy Isabella in the fourth. While in free agency, we attack the cornerback and safety as this free agency pool is full of talent. I, I like Tyron, Matthew, or Landon Collins. They could be too pricey for our pockets, though, depending on what corner or corners we sign. I'm also curious to find out how much money we freed up by shipping Keenum to Washington and what Elway has planned for that cap space. Yeah, so about $30 million in total of spendable cap space like we talked about. And I like your plan. I like your plan a lot. It, it looks at a lot of different areas to help the team. Uh, you may have to go Andy Isabella in the third and, yep. and quarterback in the fourth. And you know what? That's okay because I, I think it's fair to say both Ryan and I believe Andy Isabella is going to be an impact player year one, and that's what you need in the first three rounds. So definitely do that uh, and and get your developmental quarterback later in the draft. That's totally fine. If you do this, I'm still not feeling great about the cornerback position, but at least you addressed it. Too many positions addressed here. Mm. Uh, I don't think the Broncos have the room to do this. Um, we're, we're just, we're, we're addressing too many positions. I think, um, Tyron Matthew, obviously he's probably going to be off the board and Landon Collins is going to command a lot of cash. So keep your eye on Amos. I think that's the safety they're going to go for. Um, and, and corner, maybe the Broncos get a more veteran corner that's out there on the market rather than one of these young guys who's hitting free agency for the first time. Um, but I like your ideas here. Um, Offensive lineman that you want to start in the second gives me a little bit of a scare. But other than that, I like the plan. And you just have to be very flexible with what you're willing to do. And that's the thing is, one week from now, 
I think we're going to have a very good idea. Well, I guess that would be the hope is to have a very good idea of what they need because if, if we're sitting here and saying Broncos can go linebacker, safety, corner, offensive lineman in the first round, it means they probably didn't fill anything in free agency. So we hope that we'll have an idea uh, in just a short bit of, of what their one or two goals will be in the first two rounds. Next one coming in from Wolf Drunk. He says, Haha, well, thanks for the double read of my comments this week. My apologies. They were meant for the lifestyle pod of the same name. Ah, I see. <laughs> from Shaggy McLove in the third. Hey, guys, first off, can we agree that the best food comes from cash only hole in the wall places? Uh, cash only. I'm not a big fan of cash only. <laughs> I almost never carry cash. It's uh, I feel like it's a sign of being a millennial. I think I was I was a little too afraid of one of those hitting me, so I always have a few bucks on me. Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Um, he says now I have a scenario. I was just wondering how realistic it is. Oh, wait. Whoa. Wait. Whoa. Something just popped in your head. I ha- he brought up food, and since he's the first one to bring up food. <laughs> I have an announcement. Oh, no. You're going to like it. Oh, good. <laughs> so, after I was in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yep. After a few cold snacks. Wow. I was persuaded to go to the place known as In-N-Out Burger. Mm. I, I believed in the listeners. Mm. I took their advice. I said, you know what? Wow. I'm willing to give it a try. Non-animal style. Double double, protein style mm. with the lettuce wraps. Stayed mm. stayed clean. Yep, it was delicious. What? What? So you you joined the joining the dark side. I still have to try it with a bun to, to to know truly where it stacks up because I I had to stay clean. It was good. It if, was delicious. I enjoyed every bite. If you hit, if you did that, I mean, if you did no bun and you and you loved it more than ever, I mean, come on. It's just got to be the animal style that wasn't agreeing with you. It totally was. Wow. Because remember when he said the mustard thing? Yep. Yep. In the burger. And when I bit into the (laughs) non-mustard style burger, I was like, there's kind of a sourness to the animal style that I don't like. Mm. Or it's like a savoriness or whatever it is. Yep. I can see a sour. This almost had like a, it tasted sweet. Wow. Um, Not in like a too sweet way, but it had a sweetness to it. I, I truly enjoyed it. So you're telling me that maybe I should try it non-animal style. I think everyone should try it non-animal style. Don't get caught up in the hype. So that's the problem. They, they just did too much for you. I think so. This is huge. This is the bit. We, we got to start this show over and lead off with this. By the way, uh, I didn't get any fries, of course. Yeah. Those will never Un- be. Those are unredeemable. <laughs> I, I don't care if you get them lightly well done or anything like that. I'm not having the fries. But also, I couldn't. Yeah, I don't blame you there. I, d- I don't blame you there. But hey, I'm a new man. I've al- I've always said I'm open-minded. Now you know I am. Man, I'm so impressed. I'm so impressed. <laughs> now I can trust you. All right. Well, there you go. So when when it opens up down in the springs, I'll I'll come along for there the There we go. There we go. <laughs> Anyways, he goes, "Now I have Now a- our podcast just got a lot more boring." I know. People aren't going to be tuning in to hear your trash take on in and out Well, I can still say that animal style is garbage. There we go. <laughs> uh, we can enlighten people. Yeah, exactly. All right, he says, now I have a scenario. Just wondering how realistic it is to sign Callahan from the Bears and KJ Wright from, from the Eagles. I think he means the Seahawks. Um, trade a third and six for Josh Rosen. Then you use a first on the best D lineman and a second on the best O lineman uh, available. 
Maybe trade back into the third or late second to get Andy Isabella. Is this possible or I'm dreaming too much? I see there's a very uh, common narrative here in the comments. People are a little skeptical of how high they're dreaming right now. I'd say everything sounds okay except for trading up to get Andy Isabella. If that third round pick's gone, it's going to be tough. Here's the other thing. The Broncos, I just, I, I wish they would. I don't think they're going after Josh Rosen. To me, it's the, it's the biggest no-brainer of the season if you could get Josh Rosen for a third-round pick. But it doesn't seem like they're going to do it. Here's, here's what I heard is that the Broncos are, <laughs> and, and Ryan, this will make you laugh, the Broncos are more open to Josh Rosen this year than they were last year because of the value. So it means they haven't closed the door on him, but they're okay with him for a third-round pick. They obviously weren't going to do a first-round pick on him last year. I feel like there's going to be more teams that, that are more than just okay and open to the idea of a third-round pick for Josh Rosen. There's going to be teams that are, are clamoring at that and that could give up a second to do it. It seems so obvious. You're getting a guy with top talent for a, a second-round pick price, at least maybe a third-round pick price. It just seems so obvious to me. And the Broncos should be the, at the front of the line. Because they don't like drafting quarterbacks. They're afraid to do that. And they have a chance to... And they have a guy who they can sit him behind and, and help him grow up. Worst case, they need a backup quarterback. Exactly. And if you can get a solid backup quarterback for a third-round pick, you would do it. So, whatever. We'll see what they do. <laughs> we'll see what they say. Um, next one here comes in from Trade for Rosen. <laughs> Very on brand. <laughs> Okay, guys, don't kill me, but I saw a fan-ran Instagram, I'm sure, called Broncos Today, that the Broncos have major interest in Jawan James. Can y'all verify or dismiss this? Yes, uh, they do have serious interest in Jawan James, uh, and, and part of it is they truly believe that he can progress under Mike Munchak. And if Jawan James comes to Denver, it's because he truly believes that he can get a lot better under Mike Munchak. So there is interest there, but the Broncos are, are not going to get some sort of discount here. They are going to have to pay big money. Yes, and le like I said, he could be, become the highest-paid right tackle. All right, Trade for Rosen says, P.S. I recently made a new subscription. Looking forward to my shirt. I'm sure my name makes it apparent. Another move that I would like to be made, LOL. Uh, 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 uh. And here's some, just, uh, some food that he's throwing out there. Freddy's, Chipotle, Whataburger, Denver Biscuit Company, mm. in no specific order. Mm. So, clearly, he's gone in and out burger animal style. He needs to try it without. Clearly. And um, and I need to try DBC. I do, too. Remember how I had that date planned out? Yeah. It didn't pan through. It, d it didn't come through. It wasn't a date. Don't worry. It's not my love life is ruined now. <laughs> it, it's okay. But, yeah, I need to as well. I'm, the day that I want to throw down, like, 120 carbs, <laughs> I'll be there. Uh, next one here is from Agathens. A review on BSN Merch. All right. I'm a little worried. Mm. I don't want to get crushed mm. here. You want to read it first, or are you just going to dive in? Just going to dive in. Oh. He says, their shirts are some of the most comfortable around. Ooh. I was never scared. <laughs> as I sit here in my most comfy BSN shirt. When I want to be comfortable, I throw on my BSN Broncos shirt that I got the last time I subbed. It's worth the $29 by itself, and it wor and it looks great, too. Don't be a dummy. Get your subscription, get a shirt, and start repping. There go we go. There we go. That's what we're talking about, Agathens. And speaking of uh, shirts and merchandise and those sort of things, I want to give a shout-out to um, Vintage and Snap on Instagram. Check out uh, his Instagram page. He actually hit me up 
in the randomly in the comment section where we were both in uh, on Instagram uh, on some vintage gear that I was checking out. Um, but I wanted to give him a shout out because he was like big fan of the podcast. And that was the first time I've ever run into someone randomly in a comment <laughs> section on Instagram who said they were a big fan of the podcast. So um, he has some really awesome hats and vintage sports gear if you want to go check out his page. You Graham bro? What does that mean? You Instagram? Oh yeah, I'm bro. I'm on the I'm on the gram, <laughs> gramming it up all the time. See, I always knew I was more hip than you. Uh yeah. <laughs> Next one coming in from Bad One Eighty Eight. He says, "I called my shot on Denver dumping Case to the Skins or the Cards, and it looks like it's about to go down. Woohoo! Smart move by Elway. This means that he needs that money to go all in on March thirteenth. Your boy, Bad One." All in, like I said, $30 million to spend. I think the uh, uh, Andrew Lux team, the Colts, have $100 million. So talk about going all in. Th- there's other teams that have a lot more money. I thought you were saying, eh, to him calling a shot, because that's what I was thinking. Eh. That was probably the most likely destination. So I'll give you a, I'll give you a pat on the back, but just one. Just one fall swoop. Uh, that, that's a buddy slap. Uh, yeah, good job, buddy. Boop. all right next one comes in from chris (laughs) o'brien question for you guys who are the bigger idiots in washington the ones on capitol hill or the ones in the skins front office (laughs) not touching that with a 10-foot vacuum tube (laughs) all kidding aside i seriously can't believe elway found a trade partner for keenum i'm ecstatic about this deal any deal to offload his contract would have been an a-plus deal but to move up around in the draft and get washington to cover half of his guaranteed pay wow Elway ripped him off. <laughs> this deal makes the Flacco trade look much better now, too. We've essentially traded a package of Keenum, Demarius, and a seventh rounder in exchange for Flacco and a sixth round pick, giving Flacco no guaranteed money and owing Case just a few mil. Flacco may not be elite, but you can't argue with the quality of these deals. This also opens up a window to draft a day two or three quarterback to put behind Flacco. I feel so much better about this roster than I did this morning. Certainly about drafting a quarterback makes sense. Let's look at it on the other side, though. Washington thinks they got a steal from the Broncos. They just had to flip rounds uh, in order to get not just a a very good backup quarterback, but potentially their starting quarterback. And this is a perfect situation for them. If they still believe Alex Smith is going to be healthy and be able to play for them next year, like a year from now, because they say, suckers, you guys just paid $4 million of cases, $7 million. We got, you know, Worst case, a good backup quarterback for three million bucks. Joke's on you. Dare I say it's a win-win? No, dare you. You can't. I think both teams <laughs> won the trade. I think so. And Case did as well. Here's the thing, right? When you said he might be their starting quarterback this year, I was giving you the Jonah Hill. <laughs> don't do that, gif. But um, you want Colt McCoy? If I were them, I would start Colt McCoy and try to be as bad as possible for mm, a year. Yeah. Then have like the number one overall pick for when Alex Smith potentially comes back. Yeah. But he has, like, a Terminator leg. Did you see the cast thing? I, I, I dare I call it a cast. It was, like, scaffolding on a building. Oh, it was the outside, like, of a cast? And yeah, it, had... it wasn't a cast. It was, like, a contraption holding his leg together. I thought those were done in, like, the Forrest Gump era. I thought, you know, it, it, that was the last time we ever saw that type of work being done to a body. Yeah, poor guy. That's sad. It's terrible, but... Uh, don't uh, I mean maybe they do maybe they're doing the same thing I was thinking of of tanking they just want to do it with Case Keenum <laughs> instead. Um, 
I agree, though, on the second to third round quarterback. Someone suggested tendering uh, Kevin Hogan. Don't do that. No, no. <laughs> Definitely don't do that. No, you're okay if he goes. Yeah, you, you'll be fine. There's about 37 <laughs> million Kevin Hogans out there. Just hire me or Ryan to be your backup. Yeah, I mean, if you're not going to play us when you're 6 and 10, what's the point? Or 6 and 9. <laughs> From K Peng. With the trade of Case Keenum to the Skins, does this give even more of a little legitimate chance for Rosen? If not, thanks for killing my dreams. LLJK, but who would they look at as Flacco's backup? Does this leave the possibility of drafting a quarterback at 10? Or is this free agent or trade situation for a backup? Thanks, guys. I don't think a quarterback at 10 is completely dead. I just think it's a very slim chance. I agree. Zach, how are they not trading for Josh Rosen? I mean, maybe he's not on the table. We don't know for a fact yet that he's on the table. You kind of hope that he is because if he is on the trade block, that means you could also get Josh Rosen and Kyler Murray doesn't go to the Raiders. Oh my gosh! So, so he does he have more value, Josh Rosen, now or on draft day or anywhere in between? Does his value heat up or cool down? The true value would come after a quarterback gets injured somewhere. To be honest. Mm-hmm. Now, that means you have to deal with Kyler Murray and Josh Rosen being in the same building. Um, and we've already talked about inviting your ex to the party <laughs> uh, where your new girlfriend is. You probably don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. But 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 so I'm just being honest with you. That's sure. when you would most if I'm not going to use the Broncos as an example. Um, if. Dare. I don't know. I, I don't know. Let's just say Case Keenum gets injured in Washington. And they now all of a sudden really need a starting quarterback. You could probably get a, a first or second round pick for Josh Rosen to them to have a, a guy that they believe in that's also going to start for them this season. They're not going to do that. They're not going to make Josh Rosen sit there with Kyler Murray in there, like you know, him and Cliff Kingsbury, like holding hands in the hallways. <laughs> um, so the next most valuable time is really just any time between now and the draft. I don't think – he becomes more valuable on the draft unless you're saying like teams all of a sudden get hungry because well there is a there is a situation where he's more valuable on the draft and it's a situation in which three te- three quarterbacks go in the top 10 and that fourth team that wanted a quarterback is sitting there feeling desperate yeah yeah and i th- i think i don't think they'll be on the same team probably draft day and that's why that's why you wait and that's why they wait for it, to build the suspense, to build the value of everything. But So maybe the Broncos have tried. Maybe they have tried to trade for him. And the Cardinals are saying, you got to wait. You got to wait till that Friday of draft day. Man, they absolutely should do this trade if you're the Broncos. It's, it's literally a win-win. Yeah. There's, I don't see the downside. The downside is that Josh Rosen busts, and you took a swing on a guy that had top 10 potential – and it didn't work out. That a lot of people thought could have been the first overall pick. The worst case scenario is that Josh Rosen is the average quality of most of your third round picks. <laughs> exactly. That's at, the, at, a, at a position that is so much more valued. This is the easiest decision in history. It is. Don't overthink it. Don't let politics play a role. Don't get stupid here. Just ask John when he introduces uh, Joe Flacco later this week. Josh Rosen? <laughs> That'll be fun. That'd, that'd be a great... I'm sure it'd be a great response. All right, from Estes DeBestis. Hmm. 
Just a big We're fan talking, of Estes Park. That's what I was thinking. Maybe. I don't know. Or a big fan of former MLB pitcher Sean Estes. <laughs> wow. Well, maybe we'll find out. All right. What up, BSN Rockstars? I'm a longtime listener and new subscriber. I've been listening to the pod all the way back to the Brandon, Cristal, and Ryan days. Mm. I wonder, is any, I know there are some out there, but I just, if you're listening, you should comment. Anyone go all the way back to before even I was on this podcast? Whoa. Is it just BK or? No, it was at one point it was, well, BK was on it with Adam Kinney. So it was BK and AK. <laughs> and then before that, even, I think it, maybe that was the original team, but I think there was actually a team of. Brandon Spano and Adam Kinney that were doing this podcast at one point. Okay, good. I'm happy that that BS was on this podcast, or else I'd be a little worried that I need a name change in order to fit. Ah, uh, yes. No. So I think uh, if anyone out there was was like an original BSN Broncos podcast listeners, I'd love to hear that. <laughs> and you can tell us how much better the show's gotten while you're at it. <laughs> okay. He goes. I've I've ignored subscribing because of two reasons. First, with the Broncos being so bad the past three seasons, I haven't had the heart to fully commit to subscribing. Second, I live in Northern California, and my fair and I've had my fair share of Five Guys as well as In and Out, and I'm so confused as to why anyone anyone <laughs> would think that In and Out is terrible. I guess your your question is now answered. Wow, you subscribing changed something in the universe. Mm. It's crazy. He says, I put my childish ways behind me and I've subscribed because you all are truly rock stars and this pod is so awesome that I wanted to see the full plethora of BSN. I'm entirely o- overjoyed with how great this site is as well as the content, but I've often wondered as I take a bite out of the terrible in and out, <laughs> what was, what was uh, slash R Zach Ryan's favorite NFL team when they grew up or even now? I understand that you're both entirely professional and don't have a rooting interest because you're media members, but who did you all cheer on growing up? I mean, you guys could probably figure it out. <laughs> We're both born and raised in Colorado. Exactly. Surrounded by it our whole life. And for those that, that live in Northern, Car- Northern California or Switzerland or Sweden, wherever you are, it is the Broncos dominate Denver. I mean, th- this is a Broncos town like no other. Here's another thing that you should keep in mind. Zach and I were... Five and six years old mm-hmm. when the Broncos won back-to-back Super Bowls. Yep. There's some formor- formidable <laughs> years. Exactly. So there you go. Uh, he goes on. Also, Zach's laugh is amazing, and I personally love the Flacco trade. <laughs> I like how those two are together. Yeah, <laughs> Hopefully, I'm not connected with the Flacco those trade Those are two forever, unpopular though. takes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> there you go. He goes, LA was drafted by the Baltimore Colts, traded the Broncos. Peyton was drafted by the Indianapolis Colts and came to Denver. And finally, Flacco was drafted by the Baltimore Ravens and will be traded to the Broncos. All right. Get ready, Broncos country. A Super Bowl championship is coming soon. Sorry for the long comp- comment. Keep it up, rock stars. Hey, if you say those things and you just keep calling us rock stars, we'll, we'll read essays long of comments for you. We'll call you DeBestis forever. <laughs> From Sausage Sanga Harry. Hey, guys. First up, I love the dynamic between Zach and Andre. You guys sounded like you're having a lot of fun doing the pod together. Don't worry, it wasn't you're more fired. fun than it wasn't more fun than you and I, Ryan. <laughs> you're fired. Get off. Go home. <laughs> Second, it always seemed uh, that Keenan was a great person, and I'm glad he has another opportunity to start in the NFL. What are the chances he has a good season in Washington? Is statistically better than Flacco in 2019. Wow, I haven't thought about that. What are his weapons? Oh, Vernon Davis is like 120. Ugh. 
Um, and he's still better than when he was on the Broncos. Is it Chris Thompson, the little flanker running back guy, who's not as good as Philip Lindsay? And their offensive line, it's it's not very good, but it gets so injury depleted every single year. Man, yeah. could you imagine that though? So their top um, receiver is Doxon. Is that his name? I think so. Josh Doxon. Yep. Uh, that I'm not seeing it. I really am not. But seeing could it. you imagine if he does that? And then on top of that, the Broncos are paying Case Keenum more than the Redskins are. Ouch. <laughs> that hurts. Uh, it's possible. I'm not going to say it's impossible. We've seen Case Keenum have a great, great season before. Yep. So I won't say it's impossible, but I don't find it to be likely. I don't either. All right. Thirdly and lastly, I cannot wait for the draft. It just feel like feels like due to Elway's rotten run in previous drafts, not last year, that this one has extra importance to be another good haul and put Denver back into playoff contention. As always, keep up the good work, fellas. Yeah, it's it's got to be big. Uh, you can miss on a draft here or there, but you you can't you can't just hit on one draft in seven years. Yeah, you got to <laughs> you got to start stacking good drafts together. And that's what creates good teams is good drafts, free agencies. You get a couple guys, you keep your players who are good, and then you roll. That's, that's, that's the way you really get back. It's not on hitting on free agents because, like we said, if you hit on free agency this year, you got two great players. If you hit on draft after draft after draft, you have a solid two sides of the ball. Yeah, I mean – a great draft can yield you three to four great players. Mm-hmm. And potentially three players that first year. Right. Yeah, that's the that's always what you're banking on is get three good to great players in every draft and then pick up some, some free agents on the way. Exactly. Next one coming in from Elway's My Dog. Skip that one. We already read it. Oh, thank you. Um, next one coming in from H town Bronco. Hello, BSN fam. What a day today was currently midnight here in Houston and just got an update on my phone that AB is getting traded to the bills with four laughing, crying faces. I bet he's taking all that trash talk back and regretting it hard. This is awkward. (laughs) Oh, by the way, Ryan, it is Mr. Big chest. He hashtagged it all the time on his Instagram. Now I think you were the, or no, isn't it big? It's big check. There's a lot of debate. He's used both. I was going to say, I thought I saw him hashtag Mr. Big Check. He did. Yeah. So, And he uses both? I think he uses both now. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. He says, as for the Broncos, how freaking tenuous is John Elway? I've been trying to, to convince all my Broncos family that it's still in Elway we trust. Save $3 million altogether, $18 million in extra cap space this year, move up one round in the draft next year, and gets a better quarterback. Man, this is a pipe dream that came into existence. Hallelujah. John Elway. Clearing still not, clearly still not swinging. He's challenging his inner great, great Bambino. Glad to be a Broncos fan. Certainly, there's still trust in Elway from uh, H-Town Broncos. Certainly, and, and good for him because if you don't trust Elway, you're in, you're in for um, a rough few years at least. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, hey, guys. I've been, this is from Den18 Bron- Broncos 1 fan. Hey, guys. I've been hearing a lot about C.J. Mosley and Bryce Callahan and free agency. I think we should go in a different direction. I haven't heard it mentioned anywhere, but C.J. Mosley mostly excels in run defense and is not nearly as good in the pass. 
Vic Fangio's scheme needs a linebacker who is fast and can cover tight ends. I'd rather have Jordan Hicks from the Eagles. He'd be a bit cheaper, and I, and I believe he's underrated, and I've heard he was the heart and soul of that defense. I agree with the consensus opinion that Adrian Amos would be a great fit at strong safety, and I would pay a premium to get him here. The reason I'm down on Callahan is that he's a slot corner, and I think Yadam can handle that spot. I think a lot of fans have written him off by now, but I think we need to bring back Paradis. He'd be expensive, but worth it, as good O-linemen are, to, as, as good O-linemen are hard to find. He's so close to being a perennial pro bowler, and I think Mike Munchak breaks through that barrier. I still believe in trading back and taking uh, whatever top corner falls to us unless Ed Oliver or another D prospect falls. The rest of the holes get Band-Aids and late picks. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I completely agree with you. I think the C.J. Mosley talk uh, and hype in Denver has really, really died down. There's some other guys out there, Quan Alexander, K.J. Wright, uh, that, that could fit, and hey— Vic Fangio said it himself. We need to add two or three or multiple inside linebackers. Um, so I do expect the Broncos to to reach out to a few of these guys, um, but it does not seem like it's CJ. Ain't going to happen with CJ Mosley. Um, I don't think Hicks, uh, maybe, um, but I don't, I, I don't see that necessarily happening. And also here we go again, you know, probably too much action here in free agency. It's it's really down to if you want two good players or one one good player and like three average to below average. Really players. quick, j- just to set the market, um, I believe Earl Thomas said he's looking for fourteen million dollars a season, at least. That, I don't think he's going to get that. Everyone's cutting their safeties right now to save money. <laughs> The safety position has never been valued this low, and it's always been valued pretty lowly, but no one even wants to keep their good safeties right now. And that's why if he gets that much and Adrian Amos is getting $10 million, then, yeah, Juwan James is getting $11-plus million, and, and any really any other position is getting more than you can even think because safety is, isn't a valued position. At a normal, If he played a normal position, a player of Darian Stewart's quality would be considered like a good one to two year, yep. pick him up, pay him something cheap, and stick him in there. Darian Stewart's probably like the 15th best safety that's available in free yeah. agency. Yeah. It's crazy. It's wild. All right. Uh, Mr. Free says, speaking of Casey Kreider, he's also from the Quad City area. From what I heard, he's generally one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Yeah, he's a really good guy. He's got Last a cute year- kid, too. Yes, he does. Last year, there was an incident involving a gun at one of the local schools. Kreider sent the police department a bunch of donuts and a letter thanking them for their service. I think you guys should try to interview him if you have the chance and ask him about Harris Pizza and Mad Right Burgers. Mm. Made Right, sorry. He goes on, the more I hear about Devin Bush, the more I'm convinced that he's going to be a better pick than White. Wasn't his dad an NFL player and I think he was a team captain? Just look back to last year. Yeah, Roquan is great, but the Colts got Darius Leonard in the teens and he was rookie of the year. Wasn't Leonard in the second round? I think so. Yeah, or maybe even the third. Yeah. So, could be. Um, I, I'm certainly not against Devin Bush. I, I, I'm high on Devin Bush. All I'm saying is if you're there at 10 and Devin White is there, I think you should pull the trigger. Um, but if you want to trade back and you somehow get you know multiple picks there at the end of the first round or one at the end of the first round, one in the high seconds, then maybe you know you go Bush and someone else. But, but I think if you're there at 10 and Devin White's there, then get him. Or you could trade back five spots with, you know, who, who was it that's five back? Washington. 
Mm. Make another trade with him? Yeah, well, you have a good relationship, it seems. I mean, Case Keenum, certainly, I don't think he's the future there. They're paying right. him $3 million. So maybe you trade back five spots with Washington, Devin White goes off the board, but you can still get Bush. Quan Alexander officially signing with the, or not, I guess not officially, but signing with the 49ers. So that's one inside linebacker off the board. Ryan, do you know where the Quad Cities are? And can you name them? We've done it here before, but no, I cannot. <laughs> some of them are in Iowa. Some of them are in Illinois. There you go. I think that's impressive. That, that, that's all you need to know. All right. Uh, let's take one more break here. Uh, and when we come back, we'll get to the rest of these questions. And trust me, there are plenty more. When it comes to insurance, sometimes you never really realize how important it can be until you actually need it. Well, here at BSN Denver, we recommend Farmers Agent Bryce Babcock to all of our listeners as one of the most trusted and reliable agents in the metro area. If I was a customer looking for a new agency, I would recommend Bryce because his agency, hands down, is the fastest people I've ever dealt with to get information back to you. That was David. He's been a client of Bryce's for over three years now. I used to have my homeowner's insurance with another farmer's agency that never really followed up, never followed up on the price. My price was actually dropped by almost 20 to 30 percent switching over to Bryce, even with the same company. And like I said, his follow-up is awesome. He guarantees you at least a one-time-a-year follow-up that he will sit back and review your file with you. Like David mentioned, Bryce guarantees that type of communication because he understands how important it is to be relatable and accessible. He's a great person to not only be your agent, but he's a great person to be your friend as well. If you're interested in making the switch to Bryce Babcock for your life, home, business, or auto insurance, be sure to call 303-996-6509 and mention BSN. Zach, some breaking news here on the numbers for Quan Alexander, and they are staggering. They are huge, Ryan. Four years, $54 million. We're talking about a linebacker here. $13.5 million per season. It was expected that C.J. Mosley was, was potentially going to become the highest-paid inside linebacker. Now not even the top guy on the market gets $13.5 million. And becomes the highest paid out inside linebacker. Exactly. For however many yeah, For a few minutes. minutes <laughs> it may be. This is a guy coming off a torn ACL. Not like, you know, a, a broken arm or something that held him out. A torn ACL, and his, his game is speed. Yeah, exactly. Yikes. Crazy. You, uh, well, I mean. The, the 49ers have always been, you know, kind of a linebacker team, though, so maybe they felt like they needed that as part of their identity. No Ruben Foster. Really missed on that one. Remember how much Broncos fans were <laughs> mad that they, that they didn't draft Ruben Foster? Was that the Garrett Bowles draft? It was, yeah. You can say that you got more out of Garrett Bowles than they got out of Ruben Foster. You won that one. Yes. <laughs> I guess you can hang your hat on that. Um Let's move on here in the comments, and I believe the next one comes in from Lidvatsky. Coming in, yes, and he says, I saw that Malik Jackson was cut by the Jags. Would it make sense to bring him back to Denver to add some depth at the D-line? Well, it looks like Malik Jackson is already off the board. He signed a fairly big contract with the Eagles, more than I would have paid if I was the Broncos, that's for sure. Three years, 30 mil. That is a lot of money. Man, he's good at getting paid. I heard there was actually serious interest coming from the Broncos. Um, I think they might have been willing to pay, you know, maybe a little more than half that. 
And this is a guy who was benched last year at, at a part of the season. This is your yearly reminder that free agency is stupid. Yes, and typically the teams that win free agency don't win during the season. Right, but that those are the teams that spend a crazy amount in free agency. Yeah. It's usually the team that makes one or two really good moves in free agency that succeeds. And again, remember, the Rams were the team that won free agency last year. So Yeah, and, and the Broncos won it when they had Peyton. And they also made a mo- – oh, they got Eric Weddle. That was a nice little move. And they kept Dante Fowler for yep. a huge price tag. Yep. Yeah, that was that one less enticing. But I thought they maybe could have let him walk and then gotten Shane Ray for cheaper. Oh, maybe Shane Ray and Shaq Barrett for that price tag. 14 mil. Whew, too much. All right, he goes on. Another question popped in my head after seeing that the Bills almost signed A.B. Would A.B. willingly want to play in Denver? It sounds like that was a major issue with him going to Buffalo. Also, on a third note, how much power does a player who is traded have uh, when put on a team that they do not want to play for? Thanks, as always, OG MVP. Uh, Apparently, players have all the power now. I mean, what Antonio Brown has done is incredible. Um, and, And incredible in whatever way you want to take it. And it's just showing how powerful players are. Well, think of it this way. If you're the Buffalo Bills and you're you're about to send a third-round pick or something higher to the Steelers and, and Antonio Brown's sitting there and his agent is calling you and saying, Antonio will not play for you. What are you going to do? Go through with the trade? No, you can't. Of course not. So the player does have a lot of power in that situation if they want to be a dick about it. Yeah. And Antonio Brown certainly had no uh, qualms about doing that. We'll never know how much he wanted to play for the Broncos. Now he gets to play against them. So Chris Harris Jr. is going to have his hands full twice a year. I f- throw in Tyree Kill in there. Chris is going to be busy. Yeah, he might He might be able to up the price tag now on, mm. uh, on that contract extension. Mm, yep. All right, uh, here's another question about Malik Jackson from K-Pang. We'll skip that one. The next one comes in from Karch says, this is without a doubt my favorite podcast. You guys are so much fun to listen to, and the coverage is out of this world. On to my question. When I watch Andy Isabella play, I can't help but be reminded of Brandon Stokely. I have to laugh. I'm sorry. (laughs) The way Andy Isabella runs is very similar to Stokely. Obviously, Isabella is a bit faster, but the form looks identical to me. It's uncanny. I always felt Stokely was a solid receiver as well, so I think that would be a favorable comp for him. When do you guys think you you would have to draft Isabella to get him? When is it too early, and how do you see him fitting in with the Broncos' system outside or in the slot? What's his value as a returner? I'd love to see an electric return game again with someone we can count on. Looking forward to hearing your guys and Andre's take on the matter. Yeah, Karcha, I think it's uh, a fun comparison. Here's the thing. is Isabella is explosive, and especially when Stokely was in Denver. And, hey, I love Brandon Stokely. I, I don't necessarily think explosive. And just looking at the speed – the 4-3 speed is something that you were saying about him. Uh, so he, he brings a different element, and it does translate to the field. We saw it firsthand at the Senior Bowl, and he was, I mean, that, that's, that was the best word for me is explosive because I think explosive can be a downfield threat. It can be just on a slant he's quick. They were using him all over the field. Yeah, Isabella just a touch shorter, a lot faster. Um, so I I haven't thought i didn't think of stokely when i saw the running form i'll take your your word for it but he runs more efficiently i'll tell you that uh he has he has blazing speed stokely was a a great slot receiver and if you got stokely's career out of andy isabella you'd be very happy as for whether or not he fits in 
the outside or the inside. I think any team that drafts him is going to project him on the inside, but they would be silly to not experiment with him on the outside. You have to, just like we saw at the Senior Bowl. Exactly. And and that's screens, that's reverses, that's everything. He can be a returner. Um, he is. He's going to be a guy who we, we're saying third round now. I wouldn't be surprised if someone jumps for him in the second. No, not not at all. Next one coming in from Rocky21 says, Hey guys, the pod is great. I love all the up-to-date information in the offseason. You guys make this hectic time of year make sense. Thank you. Thank you, Rocky21. Before I get to my question, I just want to say that I would love to see us draft Andre Dillard. While drafting him at number 10 would be a reach and a half, the dude is a beast. He also went to my high school, and I would absolutely love the idea of having a former WHS Falcon mauling dudes in the blue and orange. On to my question. How does the AAF play into the NFL offseasons? Do teams need to wait for the contracts for AAF players to expire, or is there some other process? Surely there are some hidden gems in that league. P.S. I live in Seattle, and there is a burger place called Dick's Drive-In, where the burgers are under $2 and have the softest buns. The burgers are only a, an eighth of a pound, so the best way to order is to buy a few of them and add some fries and a milkshake. This will only set you back, back about 10 bucks. Almost sounds like a White Castle type mm, of thing. Have right. you ever had White Castle? No. I should have ta- we should have done that in Indy. Yeah, they have it there, and they also had it in Cincinnati I saw when I was there. Did you have but it there? I didn't get around to it. Yeah, but. I just... Are they different than the frozen ones? Have you had the frozen ones? Yes. Like I, I can only 15 assume, years ago. Have I you? can only assume they're much better. Yeah. I, I think so. I had them when I was a kid. Yeah. But they have to be better. <laughs> I'd hope so. The crazy thing is there's just so little meat. Oh. It's like, it's like a deli sliced turkey style that of they meat. call a hamburger right <laughs> it's smart it's cheap i agree um the aaf i'm pretty sure you can just pluck guys if you want them i would think so <laughs> i don't think they have <laughs> yeah. any power of of keeping guys and the aaf would be stupid for for holding those players in because this is an incentive to go get your name out there to go get plucked and also if guys are getting plucked then it's on it's it's being talked about on the radio it's being on national tv of Look, this guy from this team in the AAF. Yes. Um, the NFL is apparently working with the AAF um, to consider allowing players who are under contract in the NFL to play in the, in the AAF in the offseason. Um, obviously, each, each player specifically would have to be signed off on by the NFL, but I like that. You know, if you're the Broncos and, and Paxton Lynch sucks during his rookie season, why would you not let him go get some reps? Now, he's a bad example because at that point they still thought of him as a potential franchise quarterback. Yeah. You would never risk him getting injury. Here's a perfect one. Brendan Langley. Mm. Brendan Langley playing in the AAF probably would have been really good. Yep. That would also force us to have to cover the AAF, <laughs> which is great for the AAF. It is. All right. Man, ha- having, having us two honks covering the AAF, <laughs> I think they'd love it. They would. <laughs> the... the uh, Salt the BSN Salt Lake Stallions podcast. <laughs> all right, moving on here from BWR. Guys, 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 I'm sorry, but I have to remind you all, for all the talk about local burger joints, the OGs will remember that Zach has never even had a Hot Pocket. Whoa. I put forth that Zach has no say in cuisine until he has been educated enough to try a Hot Pocket, <laughs> preferably live on the pod. I'm sorry, I just can't trust the man who hasn't had a Hot Pocket. And in the spirit of Hot Pockets, I present RK... The RK Hot Take of the Week. 
presented by Hot Pockets. Jonah Williams is the best left tackle in the draft and a top 10 prospect overall. Mm. What do you think? I think Jonah Williams has the Garrett Bowles feel to him in the sense of, and I'm not, and I'm not comparing them as prospects, in the sense of he's the more polished, quote-unquote. Um, he's going to be able to start right away, quote-unquote. I don't want to get caught up in that, especially if you're the Broncos who believe so much in Mike Munchak. Take the guy who has the highest ceiling. I don't think it's Jonah Williams. You can't do that to my Alabama guy. You can't compare him to Garrett. Please. I'm not. Compa- I'm just saying he has, <laughs> in terms of like the way that we're talking about the prospects, he has the Garrett Bowles talk around him. And now he, here's the thing, though how how comfortable would you be? How do you how do you balance potential at ten? I mean. You know, because with, with when you go for more potential, typically you go with a little bit more of a bus factor, which I, I feel like Jonah Williams probably there, there's not really a bus factor there with him being an offensive lineman. I think you got to go. You, you got to get a guy who's a franchise player. So if you think Jonah Williams is for sure a franchise guard, do you not do that at 10? I don't want to bank on change. I got making a guy change positions. I think that's 10. fair. Yeah. that's That seems like a late first-round move. Okay. By the way, I also got some inside intel from Zach's girlfriend this weekend. <laughs> He's also <laughs> never had a Cadbury egg. <laughs> well, and then and then she's showing me one. I still didn't have it. But she bites into it. and uh, you, There was one available <laughs> to you and you didn't I think try it? I think there's still one available. <laughs> Bro, eat the freaking egg. <laughs> well, she bites into it. And I'm like, oh, it's filled with caramel. She's like, no, it's supposed to be like a, a cream, and it looks just like caramel, but it's not caramel? The ones that I've had don't, don't have a caramel color to the cream. Oh, it's, it was a caramel color. So I'll tell you that. one was probably just a caramel-filled <laughs> Cadbury I'm not egg. sure about that. <laughs> what is the cream? It's like a white cream. It's like a whipped cream? No, no, what, no, what, what no. Is a, what, I, mean, I, saw, I saw the texture. I know it's like a caramel texture. It's like if you took sugar... And turned it into like a syrup. Caramel. <laughs> no, caramel is is caramel colored. Right. This is light colored. This uh, it maybe it was rotten, and now I definitely have to stay away from Cadbury eggs. Bro, eat the Cadbury egg, or don't come back on the podcast tomorrow. <laughs> it's that much of a sin, huh? It's just good. Why wouldn't you try something that's good? I I would, and I don't know why I didn't try it. <laughs> I have no reason for not trying it. You should try it. And then you'll be like, okay, that was that was really good. Maybe I'm just sweet and <sighs> delicious. For the purpose of the pod, I feel like I'm just intentionally burying myself. Uh, some like self sabotage. <laughs> Fair enough. For the fame, I'm doing it for you guys. Guys, make sure you attack Zach for having <laughs> for not having a Cadbury egg. Hopefully, he comes back on the podcast, and all of your comments are irrelevant. But I still want him to get killed for this. We'll see. All right, from Sutton fourteen, Thomas eighty seven. Who did the Broncos have their official combine interviews with? Can we get a list? Didn't see it from your combine coverage. I can uh, let let me pull this up. My computer just died, so I'm I'm a little slower going on the phone right now. Um, here, this isn't a necessarily exhaustive list, but here's some of the guys I met with: quarterbacks Jarrett Stidham, Will Greer. Uh, they did not meet with Kyler Murray, Dwayne they, Haskins, Drew Locke, or Daniel Jones. They did informally meet with Brett Rippon. Yes, exactly. Tight ends, Drew Sample from Washington, Dawson No from Old Miss, Dax Raymond from Utah State, Noah Fant from Iowa, Irv Smith from Alabama, 
inside linebackers. They met with Devin White, an offensive lineman. They met with Jonah Williams. They met with Connor McGovern, the guard from Penn State. They met with Andre Dillard from Washington State. Uh, and they met with guard Nate Davis from Charlotte. So there's a solid list for you there. You're not. I mean, it's not like the Broncos will release the list of every single guy they've they've uh, met with. It's really just you. You have to hear a smattering of reports and who asked him. Um, what's really more um, telling to me is the guys they didn't meet with. Hmm. That's what you can learn a lot from. No Kyler Murray. No Dwayne Haskins. Um, so. And what were all the no Drew Luck? When when that came out that they weren't meeting with any of those big four. There were reports that followed up and said, "But don't worry, don't worry. They're gonna they're gonna bring some of these guys in for their inform or for their formal visits. What if they don't? Then that's very t- should, oh, at least it should be. You shouldn't do the Bradley Chubb scenario like they did last year with the quarterback. I was just about to say that. It, it always seems like that, but then you like I hate that there's a counter argument of Bradley Chubb. They just never believed that Bradley Chubb was gonna be there for them, which. Seems like an oversight in the end. At five? I mean, you're sitting there at five. Right. Only like one thing had to change in front of them, which happened. So, um, but they always loved Bradley Chubb, which is so weird that they wouldn't get as much intel on him as they could, but whatever. Uh, from 702 Pilot, guys, with, with the A-B trade, I think it's even more, in part, more important to get a high caliber cornerback in the draft of free agency. I prefer free agency to using a high pick um, on – a linebacker like Devin White maybe getting depth at corner later in the draft. Ryan's Murray to Brown idea may happen just in our division now. I think we need to give Fangio the tools he needs to shut these dudes down. My question is now that we have pretty much 40 mil in cap space, who's the big splash? New safety? Could be. Could be. Could it could be a new safety and uh, I put out on Twitter last night to get a feel of what you guys wanted. Uh, who who would you want? What's an ideal scenario for you guys? CJ Mosley and a first-round cornerback, or Devin White with that first overall pick, or that first-round pick, and a top-tier cornerback. And I was shocked how split it was. Dude, what's your guess on what people wanted? Uh, I'm guessing the, the top-tier corner. That is what they wanted. They wanted Devin White. That, that's how I took it, at least. Yep. Um, and uh, right now, that looks like it's more likely than the other scenario. Yeah, C.J. Mosley, I think the hype got a little too heavy on him. Yep. Um, he, he is going to be a really good player somewhere. I'm not, I'm not taking that away from him. Yep. But when there's two really good linebackers available in the draft that I think you can plug and play at a high level instantly, it kind of diminishes his value in my mind. Man, trade back, pick up an extra second-round pick by moving back a few spots, get Devin Bush – and then get a, a starting caliber corner with that second round pick, and then with the other second round pick, best player available, uh, offensive lineman, whatever it is, man, defensive stud, defensive lineman, that sounds pretty good too. There is, there's got to be a scenario where you can get a, a top corner and a top linebacker in the draft. That's got to be one of the plans, because I know that one of these corners is falling to the second round. Man, if you could land. A first-round cornerback. Maybe he's the third overall cornerback and the second-best inside linebacker. You like that. You love that. You like that. <laughs> From Alexander. Okay, breathe. With Oakland trading for AB and their likely pickup of Kyler Murray first overall, how does Arizona say no? All I can say is thank God we got Fangio and Munchak. Now time to get to work uh, building and shut a shutdown defense and a respectable line to protect Gulp Flacco. 
With holes on holes on holes, what do you guys think is the most practical approach to the offseason? I'm thinking we need a couple uh, a couple cornerbacks, a linebacker, a safety, a speedy wide receiver, and a grip of offensive line help. I like the idea of Callahan, Amos, and John Brown in free agency. Is this possible cap-wise? Or would a better approach be cornerback, offensive line, wide receiver, and free agent um, free agency and build the rest in the draft. P.S. RK hit me with the summertime feels with that spring training post. <laughs> That's what I was aiming for. I really, just, I felt like I was in summertime for a day. Yeah. Do you have some news? Or are you leaving this beat to join the Rockies beat? Man, I, I had to think about it as I was sitting in 70 degree weather in the middle of the beginning of March. Man, that is not bad. So nice. And it. And I walked in a shorts and in shorts and t-shirt to get coffee in the morning. Oh. Stop it. It was so awesome. And and what what were you wearing five days before? Literally as many layers <laughs> as I could possibly fit on my body. Shorts and, and t shirt wasn't in even in your mind, was nope. it? Nope. They were buried deep in my closet. <laughs> so I'd like the ideas here, but we've we've gotta stop talking about getting three pieces. It it's really two pieces and then some depth. maybe you get a borderline starter. If, if those two pieces um, are, are splashes, I feel like this year, more than any other year as, as of recent, there has to be a plan for what you're doing in free agency because it, it 100% relates to what you're doing in the draft. And I, that's a silly thing to say because, of course, there, there's a, an offseason plan. This year, there has to be that even more. What are you seeing? Rumblings, the last is from Albert Breer. Rumblings, the last few days were that Ravens linebacker C.J. Mosley could get end up getting around sixteen million per year. Oh my goodness! Turned down a good offer in Baltimore, with Quan Alexander getting thirteen and a half. That doesn't seem out of whack. <sighs> so you get C.J. Mosley, and you can get a B or C player, and that's it. Yeah, that's probably not happening. Uh, the other thing that's floating around right now is that obj trade talks have really heated up really yep what's he gonna cost oh god i don't know well first well his contract is pretty big it is probably a second would you do it hell yeah so that's that's your off-season move that would be amazing add with emmanuel sure mm. given wow Talk about Joe Flacco going from rags being a backup quarterback to a quarterback that can't throw with no talent around him to riches. Getting to play with OBJ, Emmanuel, Cortland Sutton. Now he's the starter. There's no question about it. I would love that, but I don't think the Broncos no, think think so. are going to do that. So there you go. Surprised that we didn't have any Broncos news on, on the podcast while we were live here. Um, but something to come soon uh here, here's what i'll tell you the broncos big news last year was at about midnight of today that's true it felt like yeah okay so uh set your clocks zach and i'll be up late writing you're gonna have to you're gonna have to be calling me if something happens I, i'm in bed it i mean pretty much now were you in bed when uh case keenum lucky enough i wasn't you were you were, you were having a, a late night and i should have been in bed wow <laughs> That's good. All right. Well, I'll I'll make sure to uh to hit your phone. Oh, you'll have to. All right. Well, 
Stay tuned, guys, to bsndenver.com. Anything that comes in, obviously, we'll talk about tomorrow on the podcast unless it's something crazy. Like, if they do trade for Odell Beckham, we'll hop on. We'll do an emergency pod. Hey, you uh, you sticking around for a while, or you have another trip in, like, 42 hours? I think I will be in Colorado <laughs> for at least the rest of this week. Oh, I thought you were going to hit me with something else. <laughs> nope, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to go anywhere. I never want to leave. The water's too bad yeah, outside of these walls. Yeah, you talk about Colorado, how much you love it, yet you're never here. Speaking of Arizona water, trash. <laughs> hot garbage. Yeah, literally probably hot. All right, before we go, just want to thank you guys one last time for helping us win this subscription contest. Maybe we'll print a new shirt with like three trophies on it. Just the three mm, P. I love that. <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> All right, anyways, thank you guys, and we will talk to you tomorrow on the BSN Broncos podcast. Just getting me down, waiting up for you. living in Colorado and you are craving some good old Southern barbecue, be sure to give Moe's Original Barbecue a try. My favorite thing about Moe's Original Barbecue is we are a Southern soul food revival. We make everything from scratch daily, house-made smoked meats, and customer service to the next level. That was Robbie Peoples, one of the managers over at Moe's Original Barbecue. And like he mentioned, they have incredible food, awesome customer service, and I think my favorite part is how cool the environment is in both of their locations. We have live music at Moe's at our south location, 3295 South Broadway, with a full PA system, ticket sales. Uh, we have national bands, we have local bands. If you're a local band interested in playing, feel free to contact us at mosdenver.com. We would love to have you come down and play for a big old party at Mo's Original Barbecue. Not only do they have live music, but they also have a bowling alley and a dozen TVs with all of your favorite games on. They have two locations, one in downtown Denver off Broadway and 6th, and of course the other one that Robbie mentioned in Inglewood. I would recommend some Mo's to someone because we cater to all needs a family-friendly atmosphere we have colorado beers on tap all the games on the tvs it will blow your mind with amazing barbecue